0: Hello, friends. Welcome to this episode of Footsteps of the Messiah. So this week we are in Parashat Re'eh, and we'll begin as usual with our customary Torah blessing. Baruch Adonai Melech HaOlam, Asher B'Mitzvotav, B'Divrei Torah. All right. So Parashat Re'eh is the forty seventh Parasha of the Torah, and this year is read the week of August sixth through the twelfth, and on Shabbat of Av twenty five. So that would be the Hebrew date, this Shabbat. This will also be the last Shabbat where the monthly blessing is recited as we do not recite it in the month of Elul to make the approaching holiday of Rosh Hashanah even more secretive and dramatic and, mm-hmm. and have some anticipation and excitement and restriction to it. Now what I mean by the monthly blessing is the announcing of the new month. And it goes like this. So this is recited on the Shabbat before Rosh Chodesh, except for Tishrei, and we rise and say this in the synagogue, in the community, after the Haftarah is read. May it be your will, Lord our God, Adonai our God, and God of our ancestors, grant that this month brings us goodness and blessing and bestow on us a long life, a life that is peaceful, a life that is good, a life that is blessed A life with proper sustenance, a life with physical vitality, a life conscious of heaven's demands and wary of sin. A life free of shame and reproach, a life of abundance and honor, a life of love, of Torah, conscious of heaven's demands. A life in which the worthy desires of our hearts are fulfilled. So then they bring the Sefer Torah forward and the leader holds it while announcing the new month. And it goes like this. May God who wrought miracles for our ancestors, redeeming them from slavery to freedom. Redeem us soon and gather our dispersed from the four corners of the earth. May the entire people of Israel be united in friendship. And let us say, Amen. The new month of blank will begin on blank day. So in this case... Will be saying the new month of Elul will begin on I believe it's in Hebrew it would be Yom Shishi uh, Friday and that that's you know or if it's a two day Rosh Chodesh they may say like Yom Revi'i and Yom Chamishi or in this case Rosh Chodesh is Thursday and Friday. So it would be Yom Hamishi and Yom Shishi, Thursday and Friday. So whenever you have a 30-day month, which Av is a 30-day month, you have a two-day Rosh Chodesh, and there's a deeper explanation to that. Whenever you have a 29-day month, and these are always fixed every year, every month is the same number of days, I am 90% sure of that statement. Um... You, every time you have a 29-day month, you only have a one-day Rosh Chodesh uh, celebration, or really it's just about, uh, the only way it's really celebrated anymore is extra prayers. You say the Hallel or Chatsi Hallel, uh, meaning the abbreviated Hallel, Psalms, and a few extra prayers in the Sidur. Uh, so... Uh, May it hold blessing for us and all the people of Israel. Now, then it says the congregation repeats the announcement of the month. And the leader then continues. May the Holy One bless this new month for us and for the entire people. The house of Israel with life and peace. And then everyone says Amen. Joy and gladness. Everyone says Amen. Deliverance and consolation. And let us say Amen. Uh, and then there, yeah, it's much more beautiful in Hebrew. Um, but. Uh, there is some great commentary about this prayer and about the Rosh Chodesh in the Lev Shalem Siddur, And this is on page 180 and 181 of the, or 180, sorry, of the Shabbat morning service, Torah service. So uh, really impressive just how special Rosh Chodesh was in ancient times and it's been kind of forgotten but as we see in Isaiah 66 I believe the last chapter of Isaiah it says and this is what's read on uh, when you have Rosh Chodesh the day after Shabbat we read I believe Isaiah 66 is the Haftarah portion uh, and it's called Machar Chodesh, meaning tomorrow is the, the beginning of the new month. And it only happens once or twice every year that that, that, that um, occurs. Anyway, so there's some commentary here, but I'll have to get into that on another broadcast where we focus on Rosh Chodesh. So for now, let me go back to the main point. So um, I'll have to look into the reasons why the tradition holds of keeping the Rosh Chodesh blessing. Uh, Only during the 11 months, but not in Tishri. But suffice it it to say, there's no blessing or announcement or prayer for the month of Tishri when we get to the last Shabbat of Elul. So if you've never read it, uh, it is very beautiful when you hear it sung by a professional cantor in a synagogue. And I always love hearing that prayer every month and making sure that I'm in the back or I'm back in my seat. And if I leave right after the haftarah reading and concluding prayers, then I'm back for that prayer. So if you've ever been to a conservative or orthodox Jewish Shabbat service, the last Shabbat before the new moon, uh, you'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, the Torah portion is about many things. Re' 'eh means see, as in the imperative look. And it begins in Devarim 11, verse 26, and goes to chapter 16, verse 17. So it details a series of Torah commandments in advance of the tribes entering into Aretz HaKodesh and includes instruction and obligation to destroy idolatry. It includes the mitzvot of tithing and charity, which is not money, by the way, all the time. It includes produce and crops and fruit and food. And then the Kashrut uh, commandments and the Hagim, the festivals. Now, finally, it tells about the prohibition of offerings to Hashem. that are outside of the place where Hashem will put His name, namely Yerushalayim. And the whole parsha is about 131 verses. Now, also included, we see the blessings and curses and the association of Mount Gerizim for blessings and Mount Ebal for curses. And this year... It is partnered with the Haftarah of Isaiah 54.11 through Isaiah fifty five five. The Haftarah of Re'eh is the third in the seventh Haftarot of Consolation. And we're counting down, remember, to what holiday? Well, if you said Rosh Hashanah, you were correct. So not directly related to Re'eh, these or the Parsha of the Week, uh, Parshat HaShavuah, these seven Haftarot started the Shabbat after the ninth of Av, and will take us through Rosh Hashanah. So, Hashem calls the afflicted, uh, in Isaiah, the Haftarah, Hashem calls the afflicted and storm-tossed city of Yerushalayim, uh, referring to her as she who has not been comforted. Hashem promises to bring her back to her fullness and beauty in a tikkun of sorts, a correction, a restoration, a reconstitution. Now the coming Yerushalayim will be founded and built of beautiful gemstones. The disciples of Hashem are actually the gemstones. The inhabitants of Yerushalayim are the gemstones where we will have everlasting peace and a famous verse quoted by many Christians, albeit greatly out of context, is read here. And it says, "No weapon engineered against Yerushalayim will fail." Now, let me read it for you in Hebrew, Isaiah 55, verse 17. It says, "Kol kli yutsab alaych lo yitzlach v'chol lashon takum itach la mishpat tarshii zot nachalat avde adonai betzidkam." Meiti neum Adonai. Any weapon formed against you or engineered against you shall not succeed, and any tongue that contends with you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their due reward from Me, says the Lord. Now I said that was Isaiah fifty-five seventeen. That is incorrect. It was Isaiah fifty-four seventeen. So please note that correction isaiah then tells those who thirst to come to have water but spiritually it is those who are thirsty for torah and the ruach kodesh which is pictured many times in the bible uh, as water so let me say that differently because that was kind of a run-on sentence so isaiah tells those who, who are thirsty come have water now spiritually it's really saying those who are thirsty for the torah and thirsty for the ruach kodesh And the Ruach HaKodesh and the Torah are pictured many times in the Bible as living water. Now Isaiah promises the nation of Israel a covenant forever like the one he made with David Melech. Now whenever David Melech is mentioned, it tends to be in Judaism, this is a known connection and prophecy, that what happened in his life is usually prophetic of something to do with the Messiah. And the Messiah will be the source of water and the Holy Spirit for the entire world. Now, I believe this is one of the passages Yeshua was quoting from Isaiah fifty-five one, uh, when he is speaking in John chapter 7. Now, the date on the biblical calendar was Tishri 22. Now, if that rings a bell for any of you, it's because it's during Sukkot. And it's the seventh day specifically of Sukkot. It is not a Yom Tov, but... It's not a sh- And it's not a Shabbaton, but it's a special day, it's the seventh day, the last day of Sukkot. Now there's a famous water pouring ceremony that takes place called the Simcha Beit Hashoiva. Now that means the rejoicing of the house of the outpouring, and it's implied that it is water. But meant in a prophetic way, though what it really means is talking about the outpouring of the Spirit to all mankind in the future, at Sukkot when Messiah Yeshua returns and establishes His Kingdom at Sukkot in the Biblical year 6008. By the way, that will happen here on planet earth, on the ground. Now uh, let me go to that passage in John 7, I'm going to start with verse 37. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Yeshua stood up and called out in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. Now I'm going to stop. Where? What's he quoting? What, what is he referring to? Streams of living water will flow from within him. Okay, so I found a really interesting article from the Coptic Orthodox Diocese. And it, it's an article that's called, What Scripture Was Jesus or Yeshua Referring to in John seven thirty-eight? 38? Uh, so it goes like this. Uh, this passage can be read as, If I believe as the scripture says, which some refer these words to the preceding clause concerning believing in Messiah himself, according to the writings of the Tanakh in Deuteronomy 18, verse 15, Isaiah Twenty Eight Sixteen, and Habakkuk 2, 4. Messiah is the object of faith to which the scripture refers. It it directs us and identifies him. And he who believes in Yeshua the Messiah believes in the mighty God, the prophet, the high priest, and the king, and the only foundation of Israel, and lives by faith upon him. Now, the phrase, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, belong to what follows rather than any particular place of scripture which mentions grace under the metaphor of water and abundance of water as rivers and floods of water and the outpouring of the holy spirit and we see this in passages like isaiah 41 verse 17 through 18 isaiah 43 verse 20 isaiah 44 verse 3 isaiah 58 verse 11, and Joel, chapter 2, verse 28. Now, this article goes on, and then it says, uh, this is expressed by rivers uh, of living water because of the abundance of it in renewal, validation, and forgiveness. And then it goes on to talk about a quote from the Talmud. So, uh, this is pretty interesting. Um, in, oh sorry, Midrash, not Talmud. But in the in Midrash Kohelet, um, it says, As the first Redeemer, meaning Moshe, caused a well to spring up, so the last Redeemer shall cause waters to spring up, according to Joel chapter 3. Verse eighteen. Well, let's take a look at what Joel three eighteen says. Now, this is interesting. In a Jewish publication, it's chapter four of Joel verse eighteen, but in a in in the King James, it's chapter three verse eighteen. So, very interesting. So it says, in that and in that day, the mountains shall drip with wine, the hills shall flow with milk, and all the watercourses of Yehuda will flow with water. A spring will issue from the house of the Lord. And will water the wadi of the acacias. So this idea that massive water flow and outpouring will be not only an agricultural benefit, but will be a spiritual um, blessing and awakening unlike anything that the world had ever seen. Alright, so... um, There is not a specific scripture that I found that says streams of living water will flow from within him. But those references uh, that we didn't have time to go into specifically are what it is believed he was referring to. And they paraphrase, they essentially say streams of living water will flow from within him. And if you don't agree with that or find that there is a specific scripture that says that, please email us at footstepsofthemessiah.gmail.com. Okay, so back to John chapter 7, verse 39. He was speaking, Yeshua was speaking about the Spirit, um, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given, because Yeshua had not been glorified. Now chapter 7, verse 40. On hearing these words, some of the people said, this is truly the prophet." Now they're referring to a prophecy about a prophet being the successor of Moshe in Deuteronomy. I believe it's 1818. 18. And some other people said, this is truly the prophet. Others declared, this is the Messiah. But still others asked, how can the Messiah come from Galilee? Verse 42, doesn't the scripture say that the Messiah will come from the line of David and from Beit Lechem, the village where David lived? So, there was division in the crowd because of Yeshua. Some of them wanted to seize him, but no one wanted to lay a hand on him. No one did lay a hand hand on him. So, then the officers returned to the Kohanim, the chief priests, which is a problem because there should only be one high priest. So, I don't know if chief is meaning multiple high priests, which it was because the system had become corrupt, or the senior priests, maybe. And the Pharisees, who asked them, Why didn't you bring him in? Never has anyone spoken like this man, the officers answered. Have you also been deceived? replied the Pharisees. Have any of the rulers or Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd, so there was a question that some of the rulers and Pharisees had started believing in him. Uh, But this crowd that does not know the law, the Torah, they are under a curse. I wonder why he said that. Because, maybe because they believed Yeshua was a heretic. And you come under a curse if you believe in the wrong person as the Messiah. Now Nicodemus who had gone to Yeshua earlier. And who himself was one of them. Meaning the Pharisees. Asked does our Torah convict a man without first hearing from him. To determine what he has done. Aren't you also from Galilee they replied. Look into it and you will see that no prophet comes out of Galilee. Then each went to his own home. Now, I don't know what they're referring to right there. That no prophet comes from Galilee. Look into it. I don't know what that means, but it's a very curious verse that deserves more investigation. Okay, so then each went to his own home. Meaning it was the end of the festival, so everybody left Jerusalem and went back to whatever part of the country they lived in or to to another country if they lived outside of Israel. Now, there's an interesting connection to the Haftarah in the coming month of Elul as well. So the Haftarah is either read the Shabbat prior to Elul or the um, second week of Elul because if if the first week of Elul, if you have Rosh Chodesh, then this parashah this haftarah would be skipped i believe so in the month or bumped in the month of elul a chabad sage has said that even though our effort to move closer to get to hashem is limited as we are limited our effort is so precious to hashem that he showers us with infinite love from above now in isaiah 54 verse 12 hashem says he will make your windows from Kad Kod, It's a Hebrew word which is a precious stone. Now this is understood to be when the Messiah comes. But what stone could they be talking about? What Isaiah was talking about? What stone is this? A Kadkod, Kod, And what does it look like? So in the Talmud in Baba Batra 75a it says that Rabbi Shmuel son of Nachmani said It is a dispute between two angels in heaven, Michael and Gabriel. Now, this is interesting because Michael is the angel over Israel. And Gabriel, Gabriel, shows up, I believe, in the New Testament. I believe he's the one that shows up to speak to Miriam, the mother of Yeshua. But I have to double check. Now, one says, one of these angels, back to what the Talmud says, one angel says that the cod code is a shoham, and the other say the other angel says it is a Yashfeh. God says, let it be like this one and like that one. So we hear them say that Shoham and Yashfeh together make up a cod code stone. But what are they arguing about and why? Why is this even an argument? Now, it is said that some stones have light within them. Other stones have to be worked on and polished or tumbled in a rock tumbler or a buffer of some sort uh, or refined in order to reflect light and look beautiful. It is found that the Shoham gives its own light and the Yashve reflects light. Now, the sages liken these stones to the types of rewards that will be given to believers when Messiah returns. Now, Yahshua is a, is symbolic of our work and accomplishments for the Malchut Shemaim, the kingdom of heaven. Just like the Yashfeh, the light depends on how well the stone was polished. So, too, our reward will be reflected. And how much we have put into our lives to become a shining beacon for others to come to the Torah and to the Messiah. Now the Shoham stone has light inside itself, symbolizing the reward that is not based on accomplishment or achievement, but rather purely on grace. Now Hashem's pure generosity and possibly in the form of all the revelation that will be available When there is no restriction but rather in our incorruptible and completely perfect immortal bodies we will be able to process and understand and learn Torah with the speed of light literally now the Chabad sage I believe this is maybe Rabbi Menachem Schneerson In Likutei Torah Devarim, Parashat Re'e, page 24D, says that Hashem will give both, and I'm paraphrasing, I believe, that that Hashem will both uh, give the reward for our efforts and He will bestow infinite revelation as a gift. Now, the coming month of Elul is a perfect time to be refined, to allow yourself to be polished and cleaned by the Holy Spirit. To bring your repentance, your prayers, and your charity to the Lord. And basically getting a 90% off coupon. Meaning you can achieve exponentially greater spiritual growth in the month of Elul. Like a buy one, get one free or better. That you can in any, it's greater spiritual growth opportunities in the month of Elul than any of the 11 months of the year. Maybe combined. Because Hashem is asking us to draw near and to prepare for the arrival of the king on Rosh Hashanah. Now, it's interesting. I say exponentially. You know, you have these um, 30 days plus... You have the 29 days of Elul. And then you have the 10 days of Av, And then you have Av 30, which is Rosh Chodesh. So that's where we get 40 days. Because technically, even though we don't start blowing the shofar, I don't believe until Elul 1, Av 30 is Rosh Chodesh. So, Elul uh, only has 29 days in the in the time we're in now because it's been fixed. And you have to, add, to get 40 days of Teshuvah, you're working backwards, you know, you have Rosh Hashanah to Yom Kippur, which we know for sure, 10 days, Tishri 1 to Tishri 10. And then you have the 29 days of Elul. Well, last year I thought, well, heck, if, if, uh, excuse my French, sorry, if you have, uh, 29 days in Elul and 10 days of the Yamim HaNo'aim. that's only 39 days and it's supposed to be 40 days of repentance and I don't know where the whole idea of 49 days of Tetshuva or repentance started but anciently it's been around for you know a long time and that, that first day to add to the 39 has to be of 30 so anyway that's why um you have 40 days because you have to include, um, let me get back on script because that was a little bit out of a tangent. So we can achieve much greater results because the king is in the field among the peasants and the villagers and the commoners. It's a midrash that God takes off his royal garments and puts on his common garments and goes out into the villages and even the village idiot, my words, not the Midrash, can come see the king in his normal village clothes during the special 29 days of Elul. Now I say 29 because we count off 30 as part of Rosh Chodesh. <coughs> so it's really 30 days plus the Yamim Noraim, the 10 days of Av, to bring us to 40 days of repentance. Now it's interesting because you have about 40 weeks for conception. So we're conceiving something from... From Rosh Chodesh, Ilul, all the way through Yom Kippur, we're we're conceiving um, and we are in the embryonic stage for the year. We're forming the spiritual fabric and DNA of our future coming year. So bring your teshuva, your tefillah, and your tzedakah to Hashem now, even in anticipation of Elul. Ask Hashem to help you start with mercy early this year. May you all have a happy and sweet and blessed month of Tshuva, of Elul, of repentance in Elul, and a sweet and beautiful coming year of 5784. Um, shalom to you all. And we always like to end our broadcast by inviting you to make Yeshua the cornerstone, the foundation and savior of your life and faith. In honor of this week's parsha, we'll go back to John 7 and read the following. On the last and greatest day of the festival, Yeshua stood up and called out in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. He was speaking about the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. For the Spirit had not yet been given, because Yeshua had not yet been glorified. But when was the Spirit given? It was given, friends, in the first few books of Acts, I believe it's Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit was poured out uh, about 40 days after he was, uh, no, I take it back, 50 days after uh, he was resurrected, well, more or less, almost 50 days, 47 days, on the 50th day of the counting of the Omer, which is Shavuot. So... God bless you, and please let us know what you like, what you don't like, what you wish to hear, or have ideas or opinions about by writing to us at messiah at gmail.com. Shavua Tov, and may you have a wonderful, edifying, and blessed Shabbat, and Be'ezrat Hashem, we'll see you next week. Shalom, Shalom, God bless you.